You guys, after months of waiting and a year of writing, my new book, Girl, Wash Your Face, is finally out in the world. I wanna thank you so much, every single one of you who has bought the book on ebook or a physical copy or on audio. Your support means the world to me. And if you are listening to my podcast and you haven't yet bought the book, you're dead to me. No, I'm totally kidding, but I am serious about how important this book is. I keep talking about it because I sincerely believe there are tools in it that can help change your life. So if you have the $16, I want you to go buy it right now because you love your pal Rach. And if you don't, head to the library or borrow it from a friend. But if you care enough to listen here, you're gonna love the wisdom inside of this book. Girl, wash your face, I promise. You will not be sorry you did. I'm like everybody's dream. It sounds so sexy to have your own clothing line. Um, it wasn't. Welcome to the Deus Podcast. My name is Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week, we'll share direct, tangible advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. Today, I'm chatting with Erin Condren, who, in case you live under a rock and don't know it, is the founder of the multi-million dollar business by the same name. We're chatting about starting a business you believe in, how the planner game has changed, and how being able to pivot is the key to success. Erin, for people who do not know all about what you do. Will you tell us about what you do and how you got to where you are? Sure. Well, yes, my name is Erin Condren and my company name is Erin Condren, which for those of you that are deciding to uh, start your own business at some point, I have pros and cons there. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure if I had to do it over again that I would name my business after myself, but it's working out quite well. Gosh, I, I grew up uh, in Los Angeles, went to UCLA, graduated with no clue what I wanted to do, um, but always sort of was this fashionista, loved the, the idea of working in the LA Mart and being in apparel, uh, and that's where I went. So I, I got a sales job that I found pretty quickly. I was kind of bored waiting for the samples and the collections to arrive and wanted to be more involved in the production process. So I spent a lot of time in the factory and watching how it was made. And so when I moved into my next job, I realized I loved production and I stayed in apparel for a while. I'm like everybody's dream. It sounds so sexy to have your own clothing line. Um, it wasn't. Um, and it was a tough business that I, I really enjoyed it. Then I became uh very blessed with a surprise twin pregnancy. And the same year that 9-11 hit, my kids came six weeks before those tragic events. And wow. it sort of turned everybody's world upside down as, as we know, and mine included. So orders were canceled and things, we just had to look at, at ourselves and decide, are we going to continue with this business? And at that moment, my priorities became my family. I mean, I was terrified to get on a plane. Um, a lot of my work was had uh, travel, international travel, and it was time to just uh, reprioritize. And that's when I was at home realizing, oh my goodness, I have twin four-pound babies and a new mortgage. And uh, we really relied on two incomes. And so I wasn't sure what my plan was at the time, but I started making my own 
home birth announcements and Christmas cards and things that I could design and print from home. And amazingly enough, paper is so viral. And so it was a um, kind of a very unique concept that I was designing colorful, super personalized. And I started to get calls. Where can I get my birth announcement? Can you do my Christmas card? Um, And it really started to organically grow. So it's kind of interesting, flash forward, that was in 2001 when my kids were born and I just started printing, um, you know, photo cards from home and where, how now it's evolved into truly more of a customizable, stylish, I guess, organization brand. Mm -hmm. And so now it's become all about planning for me. And I think it's really followed the course of my life and being a busy mom and how my life dramatically changed um, when I had kids, how my career changed. And along the way, we've just, uh, this company has grown from just little old me and my print shop at home um, to, you know, more than 200 employees and a a fantastic uh, company that I'm incredibly proud of that makes products that hopefully simplify busy lives um, and create style and functionality so that others can feel more productive um, in in whatever it is they're they're working on. So that was such an incredible, like... Here's everything in a nutshell. And I want to just, <laughs> I want to, I want, no, it's so good. I want to deep dive into some of your sure. life. So, the thing that I am so curious as a fellow business owner is I remember, and I, I don't know what the years were, you maybe will know better than I do, but I remember when getting an Aaron Condren planner was. It was like gold. Like people were like, it was, it was like drugs. Like, where'd you get yours? Where, where'd you find that? It was like such a huge deal. That's not normal for a product to be on the market and have such a voracious tribe of like, how, what was it about the product that you created? And then how did you, how did you like fan the flames on this tribe and the culture of wanting to have your product so badly? Well, thank you. It is um, it is amazing how this uh, following and this community has grown around this planner, and and some people still think it's it's crazy. And especially when it was two thousand seven when I came up with the concept, and at that time I became partners with a printing facility here in Los Angeles. And I remember my partner saying, "Okay, what is that white space? What are we going to creatively collaborate on together?" that hasn't been done yet. And I said, well, give me a week. And I came back and I had my first ever prototype of my hand coiled life planner. And I showed it to him and he said, okay, keep talking because he pulls out his iPhone. He said, everybody says that we're going to be digitally scheduling and planning from our phones. So, so keep talking. And I just said, I go, you know, I, I'm, I've, I've got the iMac, the i everything at the time, you know, whatever Apple was coming out with, I had, but I still felt strongly about paper. And when it comes to organizing and making lists and being productive, there's nothing greater than that feeling of crossing off. Um, I told him I like to almost create a screenplay of my life for the week. And I write out what I hope will happen. It doesn't always take place. And that's part of being successful in business or in planning or in anything that you're doing is to create an action plan, but also be a able to be flexible enough to bob and weave and make an adjustment to that plan. So I really talked him through all of this and he said, you know what, let's do it. 
but let's be fiscally responsible. Let's not bury ourselves in inventory. Let's make sure that she has an ability to, to design it herself and have it personalized and she has a connection to it. And that's really what we've done here. We've created this sort of template for our shopper to come on and, and design something that she falls in love with. You know, you, it's, it's not, you know, people would say, well, what makes it so like this amazing calendar? And I said, you know, it's, it's this collaboration that she feels that she adores this book. And so you naturally want to bring it with you everywhere you go. And then, so you use it and then, wow, you actually become more organized and for me, you're able to find that white space in the day. I can look at my planner any given time like this afternoon and go, oh my gosh, I have a couple hours right there. I'm going to call my mom on my way home for work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do this, that, or whatever, and just create a better life balance. But I think the magic is in that we get to design it together. And it is something that you feel a part of when you create it and when it arrives at your door. And then this community just is so inspiring. I think women more than ever are juggling more than ever. And there's, I love to say, let's, let's complement instead of compete, compete, let's collaborate. And I think it's so helpful to gosh, when, you know, I look at what you're doing in the books that you're writing and, and, and your blog, and just, we need to share those tips on how to plan and how to not be perfect, but do a darn good job at, at trying. And that's, that's where we are. I love that. I love I love the idea of what is that white space. And I think that that is such an incredible kernel of wisdom because there are so many women who listen to this who are dreamers, mm-hmm. who want something but do, just don't quite know exactly what it is. Yeah. Could you speak to how you how did how do you find the white space in your own in the areas that you're looking at and then did was it you trusted your gut you just kind of felt like yes for sure this is the thing that we should focus on well i th- i think a couple things i i love to preach uh don't quit your daydream you know i think <laughs> you and i have probably been on enough panels to hear mm-hmm. people say yolo and you know just do what you love and if you don't <laughs> love it move on and it's i i preach a totally different concept of take the paycheck uh-huh. or just take a break. I mean, I think, you know, I, I remember early on starting and reading about some of these female entrepreneurs and learning. I think Vera Wang didn't even start her brand until she was 40. Things like that where I realized, okay, maybe I, you know, maybe having twin preemies is not the right time to start a business, mm-hmm. but it certainly can be a time to start a concept. I think for me, I like to say it was, um, what is it? Necessity is the mother of invention. I felt like my collection started to grow as my life changed and what I needed when they were babies changed when they started to be in school, uh, when I started working more and there just became, um, you know, products just would pop into my head. So I don't think it happens overnight. I think that's the hard part is, is for the dreamers that it is something that, 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 that takes time and sometimes takes a well thought out strategy or can happen organically. So it's hard. There isn't an exact answer to that, but I do think if you, you know, work on nights and weekends on this passion that it has a better chance of coming together than if you just jump in without a well thought out plan or without too much inventory or the wrong partner. So I just think it, it takes, it takes time. 
And did you, I mean, were your parents entrepreneurs or did you know people who were like, how did this feel like, yeah, I think I want to start and run a massive company. You know, that's funny because my parents were, oh, they're both teachers and they they all, they raised three entrepreneurs basically. I mean, they were like, what do you mean? There's no 401k. And (laughs) you know, it just was um, probably terrifying for them. And of course, now that I'm a parent thinking the same thing that you send your kids off to college and it's expect them to follow some path. And we all just sort of took a risk in our lives. It didn't all work out. I mean, my apparel company with my brother uh, was very successful for several years and then, and then it wasn't. And so then you, you pick up and you move on. It's not easy to do, but it's a lot of hard work. You know, I I have to be honest, I think uh, my business partner who I have today, he gave me some powerful advice early on. And it was, he said, you know, Aaron, a lot of people can be entrepreneurs, but it takes a, a very different person to make it into a successful business person. Mm. There's a jump that you make and that you take, and there's changes in direction of your company. There's painful decisions that you have to make. Most people start their businesses with family and friends. And like he told me, and he was right, that most family or friendships have some dysfunction in them. Mm-hmm. So to start a business on that foot is, is pretty, um, is, is unlikely to succeed. So it's tough to have to, you know, let go employees that maybe have been with you since the beginning or, you know, just make some changes in the company that are scary and that um, aren't comfortable. But I think that was pretty powerful for me to just understand that I would have to, to grow and change to become successful and not just an entrepreneur. And when you started out, so you start out and you have the first product that you guys create is, is the journal. Is that the journal is the planner. Is that correct? No. So we started, I started with just the easy stuff when you think about it, things that I could print from home. Again, I would, when I was literally at home, I didn't have any help at the time. So I would hopefully get a, get an hour nap out of my twins, which was rare. I remember hearing them start to wake up and think, no, I've got a few (laughs) orders to print. Totally. You know, feel terrible. But um, I'd also had my, I would put on a pot of coffee at 7.30 at night and put the babies down. My husband was starting a business at the same time. He was, uh, is, and still is in the, in the restaurant business. So he'd go off to work at the restaurant. I would start designing and printing and uh, literally he'd get home at midnight or one in the morning and then he'd help me load up my car with all my, the every sheet that I had printed during the day, I'd take it to FedEx Kinko's at the time, and they would cut it down into note cards and stationery and stickers and birth announcements and holiday cards. And so that's how it started. Day one was designing and printing. Day two, I'd sort the orders. Day three, I'd go to the post office and literally do the click and ship. Those poor people that would stand behind me as I'd have like 50 (laughs) boxes. I'm like, sorry, pick another line. But no, I, I worked really hard. I I also like to say um, it's not fair to say that anybody can be an entrepreneur or work like this. I I feel like I need more sleep now, but I guess you know how it is with kids. I didn't get much sleep anyway, and my mm-hmm. body learned to operate on very little sleep. I probably got five hours a night, maybe sometimes six before you know I'd hear them wake up and start again. Mm-hmm. So um, I just I don't want to give these expectations that anybody can do this. It was really really hard. Yeah, yeah. So getting a partner was was helpful into. And then growing teams and my gosh, now it's so nice to have just such talented people around me that I, it's not just the one woman show anymore. 
Hey guys, we'll be back in a hot minute with more of this interview, but now a quick word from a sponsor. Having Rise FOMO? No worries, because we've got tons of Rise events coming your way in 2019. Make sure and check out letsrise.co for all the info. Need a date night? Schedule one, girl. Do your future self a favor and get cozy. It's the app that keeps my whole family schedule in one place so I can add a date night with Dave and it automatically gets added to both our calendars. Get cozy, C-O-Z-I, for free from your app store or at cozy.com forward slash Rachel. Hey y'all, do me a favor. While you're listening to today's episode, take a screenshot and put it on Instagram or your Insta stories and tag me. I love hearing what you think and seeing what you're up to and it helps the tribe remember to go listen to this week's episode. Thanks so much. When did you take on the partner and was that a hard decision for you? You know, it was tricky. And that's another one that I don't have an answer for those listening of how do you get a partner? That is something that definitely you need to be um, patient. And I would say I didn't, but you would need to like interview and be sure that it's the right match. This was really sort of kind of a, um, a chance happening, but my that same restaurant I was talking about that my husband had started, basically a kind of a dive bar, should I say? <laughs> Not a total dive bar, but it was a nice little pub. And he came home one day and he said, guy, there's these two men that come in after work and they have a beer and they talk and I've gotten to know them and realized that that they're in the printing business right here in El Segundo and in, in near LAX. So he said, so I asked Al, his name is Al Marco, and I asked if he would come over to our house and just see what my wacky wife, as he said, <laughs> uh, had started from home, that started in the garage and grew into the playroom, onto the dining, dining room table. And so Al came over and really was my business coach at the beginning, helped me streamline from home. He, um, he gave me some great advice. At the time, I had two little HP PhotoSmart printers. And he said, you know, Aaron, it looks like you're printing stickers and stationery and holiday cards and birth announcements. You should have one printer per stock so you don't have to get up and change the paper stock. Oh, wow. Thought, <laughs> it's so obvious, it's, but I, like, right? you need someone to point that out to you. It's it's so yes. obvious. And, and you realize that if you only have an hour of, of babies napping, I mean, that saves me minutes from yeah. each, you know, I mean, it, it, it was critical to my efficiencies from home. So, you know, and I thought, oh my gosh, I don't even have the money for this. And, but we literally went, you know, they were like $75 or something. And I went and put, uh, I think we did 10 on, on a credit card. <laughs> I won't, wow. I'm not advising that to your listeners <laughs> either, but it definitely was the way I started from home. He also told me as my, I made it through that crazy holiday Christmas card season he came, we met in January and he said, Aaron, you need to now hire a full-time employee and a publicist. And this was back in 2005. And I said, oh my gosh, Al, I don't have that kind of money. And so I interviewed a pub- some publicists and, you know, that's interesting. When you look at now, we've got so much social media and so many other ways. I wouldn't say that you need a publicist immediately right now. I think mm-hmm. a publicist is very key later in your growth. But if you can't afford a publicist early on now, like I said, we have so many ways to connect with influencers and bloggers and people that can help you get the word out. But at the time she came over and 
We sent out press kits to everybody that she knew or friends of friends that knew. And we got the first call from the Ellen DeGeneres show in 2006. And I was uh, just a pinch me moment to be on her 12 days of holiday giveaways. Wow. So that really catapulted the brand and was an exciting time. And after that was when my partner said, okay, I think this has greater potential and that we can put this, um, put our brains together here, become partners and take this brand to the moon. Yeah. Well, so prior to Ellen, which is like the dream, right? The unicorn, um, prior to that, when it's you and you've got your two printers and you're making, you know, holiday cards and announcements, how were you selling the product? Because I think so many women really struggle with, they have a product, they have a thing that they've created, they've worked really hard, but now they're embarrassed or ashamed, or they don't want to talk about it, or they don't want to bother you. But you're never going to have a business if you don't have the courage to tell people that it, it exists. So oh my gosh. how were you selling it or getting it a, attention when it was just you and your two printers? Okay. Well, you're, you're exactly right. And part of my recent speech that I gave was about creativity takes courage. And mm-hmm. it's terrifying to put yourself out there for sure. But I had enough people that you know saw what I did and loved what my cards and loved... Um, I, I really was giving it as gifts because we we didn't have any money and suddenly we've got two babies, which means you get invited to other baby showers and other things. So I just started printing things and giving them as gifts. And I think that's the first way to kind of find out, do people really like this? Like, mm. And I could tell they did. They wouldn't use them if they didn't. <laughs> So they, they, uh, I think it was this organic grassroots sort of word of mouth. And, you know, as I would give a, a new mom, a pack of thank you notes, because every, I still feel passionate about the the art of handwritten notes and, and thanking people for their gifts. Suddenly I'd get a call uh, or an email about it back in the, it was Erin Condren at AOL.com that I would print <laughs> on the back of my card. If we all remember that dial up little man and, you know, she'd send a thank you note to a cousin in Bethesda, Maryland. And then next thing you know, I get an email from Bethesda, Maryland saying, Hey, I love this stationery that my sister-in-law had from the baby shower. Where do I get it? So Mm. I literally then, then that was when, and I, and actually it's back. I feel like there was a hiatus for a while, but these shopping parties, you know, I have friends that sell beauty counter or Rodan and Fields and, or Stella and Dot and all these great parties. It was, it was like that, but not those brands in the day, but where a friend said, why don't you bring your stuff over? I was like, Oh, I don't know. This is terrifying. And I, and I, it was, I was so nervous and just sort of put out my little books. And next thing you know, I came home with just this stack of orders, which of course I burst into tears with my husband. I'm like, how am I going to make all these orders now? <laughs> um, but you know, it's, um, we, we, we got through it, but it is putting yourself out there. Absolutely. And that, that is part of it. It's just, um, being able to, to, to see if they love it or if you need to make improvements. That is so rad. I love that. And super, <laughs> super inspiring that it starts in such a humble place and grows to something so gigantic that it is today. Have you felt along this process where there are times where you felt like, the imposter syndrome, like who am I to run this company, to build this team, to do these things? Or have you always felt really confident and like, nope, this is my brand and I know what I'm doing? Well, you know, I think um, I I would, when people say, gosh, you know, you're so lucky. This is so amazing. And I think (laughs) there's nothing to do with luck here. Seriously, Um, But I get that often. 
And I think it is, I looked up to people like Kate Spade and some of my famous favorite brands like Trina Turk. And, um, you know, to this day, I look at, like I said, Vera Wang and some of these female powerful names. I thought, well, why can't that be me? Mm -hmm. And I, as it started to grow in a different direction, that was interesting as um, I I became friends with the founder of Tiny Prince at the time, Laura Ching. um, And we collaborated on some things. And I think it's sort of connecting with other women that have the confidence to do what they're doing. Uh, you start feeding on each other. I yeah. think there's one of my one of my favorite T-shirts is by um, Alice and Olivia right now that say "Empowered Women, Empower Women." And I just think that's um, that was that's part of how you you find your squad and you get the strength and the courage maybe to do it with somebody else. Set up a set up a shopping party with a few gals, so you're mm-hmm. not the only one that feels like you're, you know, putting yourself out there. No, I think over time I started to to see. Um, I mean, like it or not, it was growing. (laughs) I had to to figure it out. This was a print on demand business. And when the orders, uh, it's funny one day I, I, I've told the story before, but, um, when that I got all my Christmas card orders out and this was 2005, I guess it was. And I thought, Oh, I'm so ahead of the game. I got everything out before Thanksgiving. I'm going to be able to enjoy Christmas with my babies and just have a stress-free December. And I didn't think about the fact that people would then be mailing their Christmas cards out. And so that first week of December was when all Christmas cards hit. And I go into my office one morning and my mom used to come on Fridays and that was my only day of help. And I remember hearing, I walked into my office, pulled up the, you know, the panel that showed orders and I just burst into tears. I mean, it was like, (laughs) there's no way there were this many orders. Oh no. And I remember hearing my mom's footprints, the key in the door. And you know, when you just see your mom for some of you out there, that's when you just lose it. I mean, I was like, like a kid again, as I've got these two babies sitting beneath me. And she says, she's kind of rubbing my back. And she says, you know what, Aaron, your mental health is more important than anything. We are shutting this down. You can tell all these people come back next year, but your business is, is closed for December. Aww. And then my husband walks in and of course he sees dollar signs and he's like, Oh no, 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 we're, no. Not. no we're not. <laughs> we're not shutting this down. We will get through this. And, wow. and somehow we, we did with a lot of friends and neighbors at the time helping pack orders, but we, we survived it. Yeah. What do you think was one of the biggest obstacles for you guys as you were scaling the business and how did you, uh, how did you overcome it? It is exactly what you said is scalability. You know, I mean, it's, it's one thing to make, this is each order is, it's not like I can set a machine and run them through the night. Like these were at the the time they were hand designed. Um, It was my time, whatever I could design was as much as I could get out. So I think, for those of you, it's it's becoming and realizing I am such a control freak. Um, it's part of what I loved about my at-home business was that I wasn't relying on apparel, <clears throat> the, all the snafus that happen when you're ordering a zipper from China and a button from Korea and a this, that, whatever. And it, it often doesn't work out. I mean, it's, it's, it's such a challenging business. I thought, hey, I can do all this myself. I can design it. I can print it. I can pack it. I can ship it. And then you realize, hmm, this isn't going to grow. Yeah. So it is getting um, to be able to to let go and, and rely on other people and count on other people. And I think somehow being, I had this epiphany and it was like being a twin mom that um, 
you know, you only have two arms. And, but I always would say, no, I've, I'm fine. Thanks anyway. Do you need help? No, I'm fine. And I remember literally going into the grocery store with both of them on my hip, like grabbing the, the laundry detergent with one finger and then getting up to the checkout. And someone said, can I help you? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> and, you know, handed over a baby, got out my debit card, paid for the soap and, and was on my way. And I went, I have to get, I have to let people help me. I yeah. just have to. So I think it's letting go, finding people that you can trust and work with um, is is a, a big obstacle. But when you can do that, your your business has a better chance of, of growing. My impression is that there weren't a lot of product like you were creating when you were creating this right. planner. <clears throat> and now there are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, how did it feel to, I'm going to, nicely say, inspire other people's businesses? Was that a hard thing to swallow um, when you saw people who maybe were inspired to create their business based on what you had done? Was it like, hey, the more the merrier, we're all in this together? Or was there a part of you that was like, dang, that sucks. All right, keep going. Two sides. You just nailed both of them. So um, there's definitely a part of me that, um, yes, I am like, um, I am the the queen of planners, I guess, meaning I'm the old lady in this space, probably. Mm -hmm. But no, I think I think for the most part, there's some other fabulous brands. Everybody has different ways of planning, different looks. And I think truly for the most part, we've all respected each other's creativity and originality. I'm friends with people like Micah May of May Designs and Whitney English. And, you know, it's so awesome to see other brands thriving. And I think, um, you know, it's I, I've said this that we were just at a conference together. And I said, you know, it, it doesn't matter what book you're carrying. I think if you can find planner peace and get organized um, and be in a healthy space in your career and your family, it whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, um, no, it's, it is tough to see. Um, you know, I, we had a major big box retailer completely knock off my book page for page. No. Um, oh, yeah, that was horrible. So but discouraging. I'm, oh, so man. discouraging. You got to be careful of that. But we do have, um, you know, patents in place and things. And trust me, I am in a legal battle and not going down without a fight. So, so that's not okay either. I think it's, um, um, so there's kind of those two scenarios when it comes to planning, but I'll tell you the other part that I love about this is inspiring these women that are starting their own Etsy shops. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I, you know, again, I have a legal team here that at the beginning that said, Aaron, you know, and even now, I guess if you enter my name into Etsy, you'll find over 200,000 products. We don't even sell on that platform. So no, no, but it's good. It's actually all, it's all, it's all, um, for the most part. Complimentary, complimentary products. Okay. Got it. Sure. Complimentary. Some of them aren't. And then we, yes, send a little cease and desist. (laughs) This is not actually allowed. Yeah. That's not okay. turns out you can't drag a JPEG off of my site and print it from your printer. Oh, no. Um, But those are more few and far between. I think for the most part, seeing these women and hearing these stories of how, gosh, they are able to ship 50 orders a week, which means a couple hundred dollars a week or whatever they're doing yeah. that's really contributing to their family or having them feel their independence by having their at-home businesses. I am so pumped about yeah. how we're all collaborating in that space. So I, I think there's, I like to see um, for the most part, there's just so much positivity about um, this collection growing. I mean, I think, look at it. it again, nobody thought this would last. It was like, 
even some of my friends still, I can't believe you carry that book with you when you could do it all from your phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Hey, you can do it all from your phone. That's awesome. But this is just the way I've always worked. Um, I loved my Franklin planner. That was sort of the inspiration for it, but I just wanted something customizable and colorful and inspiring. So it's, it's amazing to see we've sold over 2 million life planners and wow. Yeah, it's um, it's not going anywhere, you know. I mean, there's trends that come in and out of paper, and I think like the adult coloring books, which were super fun and and still a, a nice um, a nice category, but not as strong as they came out. Mm -hmm. Planners are growing. I mean, it mm. really is growing and growing. And people that went digital are thinking, I think I'm going to try a book again, a good old book. So yeah, it's it's very exciting to see how the collaboration and the more planner people that are out there, I think is more just symbiotic and it's all, it's all working. So for someone who's listening to this right now, who is, you know, a mama, her life feels like chaos. She's maybe tried planners or maybe hasn't, maybe it's never even occurred to her to try and get ahead of the game. What advice would you give her to get organized and how that would be a benefit to her life? You know, I think just having that script. And again, as we know, as moms, that script is going to change, but it's for me sort of looking at what tomorrow could be. Um, I remember working at one in my first job in apparel, my boss um, was so awesome. And he used to volunteer for um, back in this long time ago, the Clinton campaign, when he'd come to town and he said he'd get the script of, you know, how the president was going, his day would play out. Mm -hmm. And I remember, he, of course, he couldn't share it with me, but he said, you won't believe it. Like everything is scripted out. And I mean, practically how many footsteps he takes before he shakes a hand and then he does this. And it really hit me that, you know, if I could write this sort of screenplay for here's what I'd like to accomplish tomorrow. I mean, now it's easier, you know, I, if my kids are in high school and driving themselves, but um, for those early years, you know, I would sort of just hit out some goals of what I'd like to try to accomplish. And if they didn't happen, I'd push them to the next day. But seeing them written down and sometimes as a mom, like just to cross off a couple things in a day gives you validation, makes you feel like, you know, I, I, I did get something done. And, and you don't always have to feel like you have to achieve something. Just being a mom, my gosh, if we could just, my husband and I used to just high five at the end of the day, meaning we did it. We yeah. actually made it through one more day. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, and that was our validation in so many ways. So I never want to put, you know, anybody's, you know, wrong expectations, but of, I, they weren't big scripts back then. They're much bigger scripts that I write for myself now. But, and when I say a script, it literally is like, you know, my life planner comes in a couple different layouts, but I use an hourly and I just put, I mean, I have a lot of things going on every hour. My kids are busy. I like to always, you know, have them. I, I use different colored pens if that helps people. My son is, is kind of a turquoise and my daughter's a purple, their favorite mm -hmm. colors. My work stuff is in is in a in a red, and you know I just sort of I can glance down at any time and know that oh my son's got water polo today at two, at the same time I have a meeting going on and and so on and so forth. So it's just super helpful to be able to see it for me mm -hmm. and to look at that script. I use a ton of sticky notes for things that I think might not happen today. I'm trying to get to Target today, <laughs> trying to get there. <laughs> if I don't. I'm moving that sticky note to the next day. Like no big deal. Yeah. So there's just something about feeling more organized is just such a huge relief, especially as a new mom when there's days you just have a tough time getting through. 
I love that. I love um, so much of the work that I've done in the last year and with the book coming out is about the idea that you are in control of your own life and you get to decide what happens next. And it can feel so out of control and simple steps like taking a hold of your calendar, your day, the next hour can really give you the momentum you need to stick to a plan. So I dig that idea. So every single episode of the podcast, I ask five questions because I'm third. And these are the five questions that I always wonder about other ladies. So here we go. Okay. What time do you wake up in the morning? Well, this is new, but 5.30. Yeah. Now that my, yeah. Now that my kids are driving themselves to school, I actually joined a gym. I have not been at a, to a gym since long before my kids were born. <laughs> it's new and it's amazing. And I never thought I could do this. Yeah. And it, are you feeling better? Is it more energy, more clarity? I'm just, I, I, my husband's laughing at me. I'm like, I have a new gym friend. And he's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> That's what awesome. happened to my wife? <laughs> yeah. um, are you a coffee drinker? And if so, what's your like dream coffee order? Okay. So funny enough, I was a addicted to coffee, um, which is when I ended up joining this new gym that had sort of a nutrition component. And crazy enough, there was the first two weeks of detox, which I thought that's impossible. I'll never, ever, ever, ever give up caffeine or sugar. But what I realized, I got in a really bad pattern for years of, I mean, the second I woke up coffee, I drink it all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, usually when I got to the office, literally I'd eat like Mike and Ike's and Sour Patch Kids <laughs> oh, no. and just other crap. And then I'd get home, I'd have my afternoon pot of coffee to get me through like dinner and kids homework and all of that stuff. And then I'd have wine. And I was like, okay, hold on. I need to disrupt this whole chain. Mm-hmm. It just was like, you know, need stuff to wake me up. And then I need the wine to put me to sleep. Yep. And, I, and I just thought, okay, I'm going to break this. So the long short, the long answer to your short question was I got off of coffee. I started drinking tea in the morning, but now I do enjoy, it feels like a meal or a super treat is when I have my almond milk latte. Ooh, yes. Yeah. I love, I mean, there's this like part of me that's like maybe someday, but I feel like I have given up just all joy in my diet. And if I have to give up coffee too, I just, I don't want to live. No, 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 no. I just saw you on a plane with the cutest baby I've ever seen in my entire life. And I know you have, what, three others at home? Yes, four children, yes. Okay, do not give up coffee. Do not. I will tell every listener, do not. That's my advice. You don't do it until your kids are driving and you have a little bit of time to yourself to rethink your nutritional intake. But no. We were flying back from Austin uh, a few weeks ago with Noah, who was being a monster. I know you don't think she was because she's cute. She bats her eyelashes to people and then they don't care that she's been screaming at them for an hour. But it was such a hard flight for us. Literally at one point, the, um, the flight attendant came down the aisle and slipped me a mini bottle of Jack Daniels. And it was like, it was like an 8am flight. And he was like, he just was like here. And I was like, you know, yep. Amazing. And I'm not kidding you that I opened that no ice, nothing. And I downed half the bottle and then I gave it to Dave and he's like, you know, I don't like whiskey. And I'm like, I'll just put it here in the seat. And then 20 minutes later, he grabbed the bottle and he drank the rest. That's the oh, state we were in. So we're like on this flight and it was horrible and she was freaking out. I'm in a middle seat. She keeps trying to pull – the lady next to me is trying to sleep. She keeps pulling her hair while she's sleeping. Uh, we get off the plane and then Aaron's like, Rachel, hi. I'm Aaron Connor. I'm like, 
no, Lord Jesus, no. So I was like, of all the times to meet you, but you were so that lovely. That was that was oh my, my state. I'd had half a mini bottle of whiskey. Whatever works, however you get through it. There is uh, no yeah, yeah, no judging here. Speaking of uh, flying. Is there a travel item that you love that you feel like any business trip you go on or personal trip, you've got to have this with you? Oh, gosh. Well, besides my charger, I mean, I just feel like now more than ever, I have I actually bring a couple different chargers because I'm horrible at remembering them in hotel rooms. Mm. So I bring a couple different chargers with me because, you know, it's, it's so interesting now that you look at all the channels. I mean, when I first started my business, there was barely Facebook. I mean, there was Facebook. It wasn't really the way we use it now, but now that they're, you know, 2012 became Instagram. Like, I mean, just, it's like my phone, I feel like is dead, um, you know, all the time. <laughs> time. So yes. Yeah, so my, my chargers are, are my life. <laughs> I like it. Um, the, I know the gym's a new thing, but what is, what's your favorite workout to do? And then how often do you do it? So I do love the gym thing, but I have to say my favorite, and I don't get to do it often is Stand up paddleboard. Oh Sometimes my gosh! It is say that I was like this LA girl. She lives by the water. She's about to throw a paddleboard out at us. Yes, but I do the <laughs> cheater way. I do it right out of the marina where you go to. I go to this place called the Paddle House, and there's this darling boy that puts it in the water oh, for you. Nice. And all you do is stand on it. Like I have friends that are just you know that are incredibly fit. And yes, that they're the Southern California surfer girl. I'm not that, you know, battle the waves and get over the break. And then they, I'm like, no, no, no. I like the cute board to put my paddle board in. I yes. love to go out and see the dolphins. There's often whales out there. There's seals. It's just magical. How cool. And I come back and there's usually a mimosa waiting for me. As so that's my, be. <laughs> that's my ideal workout. Oh my gosh. Mine too. I didn't <laughs> even know it until now. Um, so I ask, I end every single episode by asking if there's one thing that you could tell the women listening to this podcast, if there's one piece of advice that you could give them that you knew they would listen to, you knew they would adopt it as truth. What is the one thing that you would say? The one thing that I would say, gosh, again, I, I just think it is, um, to not put so much pressure on yourself. And I know that's hard, but understand that tomorrow is another day. And just knowing that you might not accomplish every single goal today, but the pressure that we, we tend to put on ourselves, I think just squashes creativity, squashes um, realistic goals and accomplishments. And I just think taking note of that, that we are human, we juggle probably way too much and just to not be so hard on yourself to make that list, but be okay about, you know, a lot of these gals that I see that even have the planners that do these beautiful weekly spreads. I said, guys, that you need to be ready to cross things off, you know, mm -hmm. make it, it might not look pretty. Your planner might not be beautiful because you have to be able to bob and weave to make an adjustment. Um, and I think that is truly the key to finding life balance um, and in, in your work, in your career, or the, the balance between the two. I love that. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing this wisdom and the journey that you've gone on with our listeners. I know they're really going to benefit from it. I think the thing that sticks with me most, I wrote it down as you said it, and that I just, I love it for everybody's heart today is creativity takes courage. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for stepping into that courage and believing in your own creativity. So you could be here all these years later, sharing 
this incredibly inspiring story with the rest of us. Um, well, I, thank you yes. for having me. I hope that, gosh, maybe we can meet up in Austin. Yes. We have our flagship store oh there. Gosh, we should do a book that. signing. Yes, girl, oh, We I should have you that. in. I would love it. I All think it would be things. amazing. Yes. Thank you so much for your time. I super appreciate it. We will be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, if you have a moment and you can write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that is life to those of us who work so hard to produce every single episode. For more information, you can check out deuspodcast.com or stalk me on every form of social media. I am Miss Rachel Hollis on every single platform. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week.